Welcome to refreshing, energizing business talk. This is Think Tank, conversations in a digital world, presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. Get ready to hear from industry executives and thought leaders on the best strategies and technologies to drive your business forward in times of uncertainty and accelerate success. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Think Tank, conversations in a digital world with new perspectives from SAP strategic partners on business, IT, and innovation presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and let's check out and see what the buzz on the street is today. I have an interesting little snippet of a quote here from an article in fortune.com from this year, actually August 31st. Listen up. Innovating the business model is a skill Every company needs from time to time, but changing the model near instantly and perhaps radically is something else. Whether tweaking the model or transforming it virtually, all companies have had to make changes during the pandemic, unquote. I found this quote and it just encapsulated everything we're going to be talking about today here on Think Tank. Let me give you a little more background. None of this will come as a surprise to anybody in our listening audience around the world. COVID-19's rapid spread has basically, and I'll say politely, redesigned the business landscape. Many organizations are rethinking or have already had to rethink and they're still rethinking their sales models for both B2B and B2C transactions. The key word is transactions. What do they need? They need integrated digital commerce systems. Why? Well, think about your order and product management. Think about your delivery tracking. Think about your account management. The purpose of all this, you still need a personalized customer experience now more than ever. Let me give you an example. March 2020, it seems so long ago. Here we are in mid-November the same year. Consumers, like all of us, you in the listening audience and me and the panel today urgently demanded contact-free curbside pickups for our groceries, for all kinds of supplies. Toilet paper was not available. Paper towels, hand sanitizer. We all remember that. It's a little better now. But what were retailers to do? Well, they had to figure it out. They had to respond. If they responded with the contact-free contactless pickup in any shape or form in the store or at the curb or airdrop to your porch, they would gain customers and loyalty and keep their market share or even gain more. Those who were laggards simply didn't respond, poof, they may be gone. So I have three panelists today who are experts, they're insightful, they're savvy on this topic, and they're gonna help us all figure out what you, our business audience around the world, really need to know. So I have PwC's Brandon Lee and Munish Gupta, Gupta, and we have SAP's Blaine Trainor, and we're gonna ask them about the meaning and strategies of what we're calling agile commerce, or if you're in Britain, you might say agile commerce. I'll have to ask Brandon because I think he has that accent. And why is it a major business driver in the COVID-19 era? Again, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. Such an important topic. And whether you're a business leader, whether you're a consumer and or both, which you probably are if you're listening to the show, this is very important for you. So let's go around the table and have my guests introduce themselves. Brandon Lee, I have summoned you. Please introduce yourself to the audience, tell them what you do and what is your passion for our topic, Agile Commerce. Brandon, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. Yes, I'm Brandon Lee. I'm with PwC. I'm one of our leaders in uh, tech-enabled business transformation, and I focus on customers, uh, the the order-to-cash cycle for customers within the technology, media, and telecom uh, practices or or sectors of the the economy. Um, I've spent about 27 years uh, Doing, doing this for customers around the world for some of the, the biggest and, and uh, most well-known uh, brands within those areas. And I've seen uh, this, this whole situation evolve. And you know, Bonnie, as you pointed out in your intro there, it's now become a matter of survival. If you don't do these basics that have, have an agile commerce um, uh, enablement, um, that, that's now just a matter of survival. But I think now companies are starting to move beyond that, and we're starting to see some evolution within that space, and that's what's making me excited here, and that's some of the stuff I'd like to talk about today. Thank you, Brandon. We're very, very happy to have you. So nice to meet you, and we appreciate your time. And let's go to Munish Gupta. Munish, please introduce yourself, and we'd also like to know what your passion is for agile commerce and rethinking the business model. Munish, welcome. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Bonnie, for having us on this show. Really excited to 
share some of our perspective, what we are seeing. So I'm Anish Kupta, PwC partner and the US leader for our SAP customer experience practice. So in my role, I have the pleasure of working with a number of our client executives to truly collaborate on their global customer transformation journeys to help them rethink and transform to their new business models. They reimagine their customer interaction and also really help them rewire their organization through the modernization of their technology platform across all aspects of commerce, sales, service, and marketing. And as you mentioned, Bonnie, it's really important not only to have the front office, but also connect back to the finance and supply chain to have the integrated digital commerce. So on this particular topic, if I look at 2020, you know, it's been an interesting year for our clients as well as um, for, for ourselves. So we have we had an opportunity to really sit down help, and help our clients to rethink their commerce channels and digital-led customer experience as they were scrambling for revenue sustainment. And this is where we have introduced our solution and this topic and really looking forward to our discussion today with Blaine and Brandon. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Munish. Pleasure. And also, thank you for taking the time. I know you're all very busy in your day jobs, and this is something extra and I hope very special. Blaine Trainer is up next. And Blaine, I'm not going to give any clues to the audience, but your background is not virtual. It's real and fascinating. And I'm just going to drop those little breadcrumbs and see if you want to talk about it. But Blaine Trainer at SAP, welcome. We're happy to have you. And please introduce yourself and not only tell us your passion for the topic, but one of your non-business passions. Go ahead, Blaine. Nope, no pressure. <laughs> uh, Bonnie, thank, thanks for having me here as well today. And uh, so I'm, I'm Blaine Trainer. I'm the Global Vice President of Partner Sales and Go-To-Market. And uh, in, in my role, I'm working with about a thousand partners across the SAP ecosystem to share with them SAP's view of a very uh, rapidly changing business landscape and gather that view back from these partners and collaborating on how we can help customers navigate uh, you know, this very incredible and unique situation that we're in. And my, my passion from, for this is, you know, as a customer myself, it's just incredible looking at uh, the rate of change that organizations are going through now across the board, not just retailers, but manufacturers, distributors, wholesalers, utilities, all, all of them are going through just incredible amounts of change. And this change is, is driven largely by the customers themselves. They're seeing an opportunity to, to change the narrative and how they work with companies and how they work with businesses and organizations are responding to that in a way they've never responded to before. And it's just such utter fascination is to watch, you know, how much change is happening before our very eyes in, in less than a year and, and exciting to look forward to the next year, two years, three years as to how this rate of change progression is going to continue. Uh, so to, to address your other question, uh, my, my background, I have uh, pretty much every uh, Lego uh, Star Wars set ever made here in my office. And the one wall behind me is all of the, uh, the large starfighters. So it uh, always promotes a uh, interesting dialogue for the first couple of moments uh, for any call that I have. And I've done the math on just the incredible hundreds of hours I must have put into uh, to building these things, of course, not during boring conference call, but rather <laughs> during my free time. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by the background. And Blaine, I always ask my guests to think about a, a real or a virtual background for these shows that will represent their person, their personality, their persona, whether it's business, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a passion. And uh, I'm seeing beautiful backgrounds. I wish our listeners could see this and maybe in 2021, we'll be able to stream these videos. But Blaine has a very real background and it's a series of, of I'll call them cubbies in a, a beautiful shelf shelving on the wall. And the Legos are just gorgeous. The second he signed on today, I said, I've got to know what that background is. So Thank you, Blaine Trainer. We no, appreciate that <laughs> very much. We had to say that. Okay. Now is the part of the show when we're going to go to the movie or song quotes my panelists have very graciously selected for me. And the reason we do that is because I know our audience loves to hear what you like in terms of movies and music, and it engages them in a different way. Yes, we're talking about a serious topic, agile commerce, but we're also getting to know all of you as real people. So, Brandon Lee. 
You sound like a movie star named Brandon Lee. I don't know. Have you been in anything I've seen on the big screen, Brandon? Bruce Lee's son. Bruce, okay. I I, I knew there was something there. So Brandon has selected a scene from the movie Love and Other Drugs. It was a 2010 romantic comedy drama. Always, I love to see dramedy, those words put together. Yes. Are we crying or are we laughing with tears in our eyes? The question. The the, uh, statement I'm going to read was read by Jamie Randall, played by the one and only Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, let's see, the it was taken from Jamie Reedy's 2005 nonfiction book. I'm going to say this, Brandon, the title of the book was Hard Sell, The Evolution of a Viagra Salesman. I've never said that word on the show before. I'm just going to read the quote and let you tell us how in the world you found this one. Here we go. It's a beautiful quote. You meet thousands of people and none of them really touch you. And then you meet one person and your life is changed forever. Oh, Brandon, I got goosebumps. Tell me, how'd you find us? And what does this world have to do with our topic today, Agile Commerce? <laughs> Go ahead. Can't wait. Well, I think like most of us at the moment, I think we're, we're all uh, dredging the depths of our Netflix catalogs and, uh, you know, all of our different uh, online movie catalogs as, as we're all starved for, um, for new entertainment. So, this was one a movie that we happened to watch my wife and I um, a couple of days back, and it was you know not not that I'm uh, a, a romantic comedy drama fan or, or a Jake Gyllenhaal fan that that I can attribute to my wife, but we were we were watching the movie and you know considering also what we were talking about today, and this theme of connection came out. Here we mm-hmm. had a salesman who'd made a connection with uh, someone who was suffering from Parkinson's and they, they made a connection um, and it blossomed into, into, into a relationship. So, uh, and I, you know, just got to thinking with what we're talking about today, I think the, the importance of connection in, um, in digital commerce and agile commerce is becoming more and more important. We're all, as, as we've now entered, you know, however many months this is of our lockdown or you know, working from home, working remote, we're all starved for that connection. And yes. I think companies that do that really well are excelling at the moment, uh, no matter how they're building that connection. Thank you. Lovely quote and very, very important. Very Interestingly enough, I've done Game Changers Radio and SAP Radio. I started doing this for SAP in 2011, which is on the verge of 10 years ago. And we've done all the shows by phone. So over the years, I've had to listen very carefully to the nuances in my guests' voices. Were they about to end a sentence and stop speaking? Was there another thought coming? If they spoke slowly, I didn't want to jump in and interrupt them. I wanted to wait for that pause, but too much dead air on the radio is deadly. So I now on Zoom, and what I'm telling you this, Brandon, is that I started just after the pandemic began, I moved all my shows to Zoom. And now I have the pleasure and the privilege of watching you all think. And I think I know when you're about to stop speaking or start speaking, and you can raise your hand if you want to jump in. And it has made the connection of, I call it nuanced radio, because now we have a visual connection while we're speaking on a broadcast media. And yeah. I, I think it's fabulous. I probably wouldn't have done it if it hadn't been for, for the pandemic. It just, I just said it's time. So let me move on. Thank you. Beautiful quote. And thank your wife for any input she had in selecting the movie and, and you're sending it to it. It is a lovely quote and it deserves to be crocheted on the side of a pillow somewhere. If you all have time <laughs> over the holidays, you know what your assignment is. And, and Blaine, you can find a Star Wars model. You can have that imprinted on the side of one of those spaceships. Munish Gupta has sent us a quote from Gone with the Wind, 1930. You're the second one in about three weeks to do that. Gone with the Wind, 1939 American epic historical drama film adapted from the 1936 novel by Margaret Mitchell and set in the American South against the drop back, backdrop of the American Civil War and the Reconstruction era. Era tells the story of Scarlett O'Hara, the strong-willed daughter of a Georgia plantation owner, blah, blah, blah. I'll leave it there. Here's the quote, and it's so beautiful. I'm not going to attempt a, a Southern accent, even though I'm living in Durham, North Carolina. I'm still a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. After all, tomorrow is another day. Munish Gupta. Tell me, what does this have to do with our topic? Rescue me, Munish. <laughs> Absolutely, Bonnie. Look, again, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I see, I've seen movies, I don't know how many times. And if I, if I look at the relevance of this quote is, it's very apt to our current times and situation, what's going on. 
And I think this, the key here is every day is an opportunity for us to make a difference. And I think if I look at what's going on with the, with the digital commerce and whatnot, I think we, I always go back to this quote and say, hey, we, you have an opportunity to make a difference. And I, I'll give you some data, right? 21 retailers this year filed for the bankruptcy and each one of them had the opportunity to make a difference in terms of how do they keep the revenue going? So, uh, you know, just, just remind yourself, you know, when you have an opportunity, there's always a next day or another day. So keep going. And I think we will, we'll talk about some of this thing, what you have to think about and how do you make a difference? Thank you very much. Really appreciate the quote. And it's always lovely to see it. I must be coming back in fashion, Munish, because you're the second or third person in a couple of weeks out of, I, I talk to thousand people a year and get that many quotes and gone with the wind is popping up again. I'm not sure why. Maybe I do and I'm not going to say. Let's move to Blaine Trainer And Blaine, now I understand why you picked a Star Wars quote. Now it all comes into focus. And your quote is from Yoda in Star Wars Episode 5, Episode V5, The Empire Strikes Back, 1980, Epic American Epic space opera film. I just love the idea of a space opera. I, I think a lot of operas over the years have been spacey, but this is a space opera. It's a whole new genre. Yoda, in case anybody doesn't know, is a legendary Jedi master and stronger than most in his connection with the Force. Small in size, but wise and powerful, he trained Jedi for over 800 years. That's a lot of job security. I'm sorry, that really is. Okay, Blaine's not laughing. Blaine, here is the quote. This is one of our favorite, favorite, favorite quotes ever in life. I used it with a friend the other day in an email. We were talking about something, and she said, I'll try. And I had the quote right here in your notes, Blaine, and I sent it to her. And the quote, of course, is do or do not. There is no try. I'm not even going to attempt an impersonation. Blaine, what does this have to do with our topic? Talk to me. Well, for the topic, it annoys my daughters on a regular basis. It's my <laughs> it's my catchphrase at home when I say, Daddy, I'll try. I'm like, no, you'll, you'll do or you'll do not. But <laughs> I, I think in, in the context of, of our current situation, it's really, really important for businesses because as I mentioned earlier during the introduction, the rate of change we're going through is just incredible and organizations really have to adapt. And, and, and it really is a, a do or die situation for many organizations. You're looking at what, I mean, 20% of businesses have shuttered during this and those are the ones that did not uh, or those that tried and, and did not. And those that are succeeding uh, are the ones that are, are having a plan. They have the confidence, they follow it through and they see it to the end. And there's a lot of persistence, there's a lot of innovation, there's a lot of ingenuity going into making these organizations adapt to incredibly, you know, fast changing environment and finding ways to, you know, stay afloat, stay in business, keep their families going, keep their employees going and keep their customers happy and engaged. And it's just, it's a lot. And there really is no, hmm, I'll try. It really is a lot of, "Hmm, I know what I have to do and just get it done. Very wonderful quote. Blaine. And and I think the three of you picked wonderful quotes, but I'm going to wrap up the quote segment by saying this to me is what companies need to do. Am I right, Brandon and and Manish and Blaine? The trying era is over, or I would say fail fast, fail often and try again, right? Don't say we'll try. Do it, do it, do it. Does it work? Quick. What's next? What's next? Requires agility, requires a leadership that has the mentality of change is okay, that failing is okay. We're not going to invest everything in it. No all eggs in one basket like maybe they used to, but keep doing until something sticks. Blaine, am I on the right track with that for Agile Commerce? Absolutely on the right track with that. Thank you. Name a spaceship after me. By the way, one of our one of our engineers, Aaron Keller, who who engineers all of my live shows. Somebody must have Matt must have told him that you had your Star Wars collection because Aaron popped into the chat and he said, "Those Legos are awesome. I'm so jealous." So <laughs> word is spreading among the engineers at Voice America right now, Blaine, about your collection. You might get some fan mail there. Now it's time for us to get even more serious on the topic. And again, if you're just tuning in, this is our wonderful. One of our newest series called Think Tank Radio, Conversations in a Digital World. And yes, it is. And yes, we are having a conversation. My very special guests today are Brandon Lee, no relation to the movie star, at PW 
Lucy Munish Gupta at PwC and Blaine Trainer at SAP. Very happy to have them. And our topic is very important, agile commerce. How agile is your commerce? Is it a buzzword or is it a critical business need? I think we've already voted for critical business need. So now we've, we've done the intros, we've done the quotes, and now we're going to get to the part of the show where we're talking serious stuff. And Brandon Lee sent me the following statement before the show. I'm going to read it, Brandon, a little bit here. It's long and I appreciate that. I'm going to ask you to spend a couple minutes explaining, or as they say on the news shows, Brandon Lee, please unpack this for me. And then we're going to do what I call the magic sauce. Manish Gupta, I'm going to ask you to agree or disagree with Brandon. Don't be afraid of him. We're on Zoom. He can't hurt you. And then Blaine Trainer, you get the pleasure and privilege, I hope, of agreeing or disagreeing with, or agreeing or disagreeing with Brandon and or with Manish. So you've got twice as much content there. So here's what Brandon told me. He said, no one will argue argue that the pandemic's sudden onset has drastically accelerated customer experience as a top priority across both B2B and B2C. Companies need to focus on and invest in the aspects of customer experience that are most meaningful. Here's the key, eliminating transaction friction or stress while delivering value. Wow. Brandon, unpack, please. A lot of good information there. Go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, I'll start with giving you just a statistic. Um, I think even before the pandemic, uh, there were a number of studies done, and I think it's these studies, there have been some recent ones which have shown this gap, this customer experience gap, uh, actually increasing. So, you know, before the pandemic, it was estimated that more than half of um, U.S. customers say that customer experience needs improvement. Um, I think that as companies have struggled now within the pandemic to implement commerce systems where they didn't have them before, um, try and enable more customer self-service, it's, it, it, this, this gap has in some cases increased. Um, and those that have done well with, uh, and, and improved their position during this pandemic have, I think, managed to shrink that customer experience gap. Uh, and I think that's not only a B2C phenomenon. I think B2B customers are craving the same thing. We no longer have the opportunity for a salesperson to go down to your site and uh, you know, show you a, a product or talk you through the specs. Mm-hmm. People are relying on a lot more enablement now. They, they need to be able to log into a website, do the research, um, you know, if they've placed an order, they want to see the status of their order. Are there any hold holdups? So that's that that uh, friction that I'm talking about. If you don't have that uh, that backend enabled to to support that commerce front end, uh, you're going to really struggle. You, the information you're going to be giving your customers is not going to be correct. That's going to lead to a larger customer experience gap. And the, the more people I talk to across all industries, um, I think this is one of the biggest challenges. I think over the years, our back-end systems, our order-to-cash systems have become, and supply chain systems have become so complicated, so Mm -hmm. tailored to the way we think we need to do business uh, that they've they've lost that ability to connect to the front-end and deliver that truly frictionless experience. Wouldn't it be great if we always had had frictionless customer experience and transactions before the pandemic? Wouldn't it be even better if we finally got it now? I rest my case yeah, as a absolutely. consumer. Munish Gupta, join us, please. Thoughts, agree or disagree? I think I know where you're going to go with that, but add your own thought leadership. Go ahead, Munish. You know, absolutely. What Brandon said, uh, we are seeing is across all organizations, um, industries and whatnot. I think these digital-led customer experience is becoming front and center of any conversation as you look at that. And it, it's really about the moment that matters to your consumers, right? When mm-hmm. they are looking at these experiences, it's not about, okay, do I have the technology, but it is really about moments that matters and how you're offering the right product and services to your consumer. So I think this is really going to be very important. And again, I'll have some of my thoughts uh, as we go through this conversation, Donnie, in terms of what that shopping journey looks like in five years from now. So, Mm -hmm. and customer experience will be key to where the customer is today and where these customers will go in five to 10 years from now. So I absolutely agree with Brandon, what what we see, but the key is going to be how do you integrate these experience in your digital customer journeys? Uh, if, you, if you don't, it's going to be a very uh, 
I, I would say the siloed uh, experiences, and I don't think customers are really looking for that, as, as especially what we have noticed in last uh, six or nine months, and I, I think it's going to be key. Thank you very much. I can't wait for your prediction. Blaine Trainer. you're up. Talk I to me. can't argue with these gentlemen, and I, I can build a little bit on it. I mean, organizations require uh, a catalyst for change, and I think the, these conversations around – Agile commerce had been around for a while. I think the need for serving the customer and breaking down the silos and having a omni-channel experience, we've been talking about this now for you know, well over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, organizations have been slow to move because I think in many cases it hasn't been the single largest pain they have to deal with. And now it's become the single largest pain they have to deal with. And if you look at you know, Brandon mentioned B2Bs, and I, I can't agree more than with that statement. I think that COVID has been that, that catalyst for change for B2Bs, like Amazon was a catalyst for change for B2Cs. And, you know, you can't, you know, send your sales rep out with a briefcase and a book anymore and go see people. You've got to figure out how to engage on Zoom, as we're doing here today, but you've also got to figure out how to get your customer information, allow them to make a complex buying choices, and even, you know, looking at the B2Bs as, very, very complex business with, you know, machine specs and, and uh, you know, very complex, you know, moving parts that, are, that go into the order that haven't even made parts, of, excuse me, products and services. Um, you can't convey this in person. So you have to now make the investments in systems that can convey the holistic story, provide the information that's needed, do it in a timely fashion and allow those people to make a buying decision and respond to that buying decision without having a loss in translation between the two parties that can't see each other. So ab- absolutely, this is, this is uh, really the, the reason for change. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's a requirement for these organizations to, to stay afloat for the longer term. And I think I'll wait for Munish's prediction because I'm sure we're going to agree on that too. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see, shall we not? Okay. Munish, you've been summoned. You've been called. By the way, Brandon, anything you want to say back to your two esteemed panelists here about their their full agreement or more on what you what you shared with us? Yeah, I appreciate everyone's support there. I think, and I think that's what we're really seeing in the in in the market at the moment is uh, you know that the, the, this is the challenge everyone is trying to trying to figure out. And if if they if their systems don't support it today, there's a lot of rip and read is what I, what the term I've heard is you know where where there's there's this sneaker net going on, but to bridge the gap between it, to try and make this work. And, uh, you know, so it's a matter of survival at this point. Thank you very much. Let's move on. Manish Gupta, I'm looking at your statement number three, an interesting shift in our conversation here. Let me read a little bit and then you can take it. COVID-19 has exposed that supply chains are completely broken. Everybody let that sink in. Your company may be experiencing this because of the pressure brought on by the shifts in demand to the e-commerce channel and leading to a new emphasis on supply chain resilience. Munish, I'm not going to read anymore because I've already read a lot. Tell us, please, what are your thoughts on this? And then, Blaine, you'll be next. You didn't know it, Blaine. You're sitting virtually next to Munish. I just told you that. And and Brandon, you're third on this one. So go ahead, Manish. What are we talking about? Broken, completely broken. Shock and amazement. Do people know this? Go ahead, Manish. Yeah, so Bonnie, look again, if I if I look at, there's a lot of focus today on the front office in terms of enabling the e-commerce channels. But you you really have to look at this as a full picture. You can't just basically look at a front office without having a, you know, a, a very strong supply chain. And we, what we have seen over the last six to nine months, the resiliency of supply chain has not been there. Uh, and think about, right, we have a lot of phenomena which are emerging. Buy online, pick up site, what I call it, you know, OOPC, order online, pick up site. And the, 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 if, if I look at a lot of organization or most of organization for that matter, they were just not ready to, to, be, to, to really handle that. So I think it's very important for organization to rethink the historic roles of their stores and distribution centers and the and the parcel delivery. They also have to really think about the role of uh, you know company like UPS and USPS and FedEx in terms of how they will participate in the supply chain. And 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 as as you as the organizations are thinking about the supply chain strategy, they have to really look at the technology 
can technology really help them accelerate the automation? Can you be more smart enough about your supply chain in terms of having the right product at the right time for the customers? But the other thing which is also really happening is how do you increase the last mile delivery services? Because if you if you don't do it and if you don't have a platform to really connect the front front office with the back office, especially from the supply chain perspective, the, the challenges are gonna continue to mount. And I'll just give another statistics, right? So of course we have seen a huge increase in e-commerce, but the holiday season is coming. Mm-hmm. We are going to see another $40 billion more in e-commerce sales just between this month and next month. And if you do not have the right supply chain to really handle that kind of a volume, you're, you're going to have all kind of issues around brand, loyalty, the fulfillment, and also disappointment. So I think it's really key mm-hmm. for client, companies to start thinking about are they putting the right blocks in the right place for these supply chains to sustain because the, this this is not stopping. This phenomena is going to continue to accelerate even post-COVID. And the, the companies have to really think about how they create these stores and distribution centers and the delivery part of it. Thank you very much, Manish. I'm going to go quickly to Blaine Trainer. Not quickly, just Blaine. We'd love to get your thoughts while this is all fresh on our minds. Go ahead, Blaine. Agree or sure. disagree? Let's see. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. An, an, an order taken is a promise made. Um, now it's up to the supply chain to fulfill that promise or break that promise. And, you know, building on what Manish said, I mean, ne- next week in North America is Black Friday. And there really is going to be no retail buzz this year. It's going to all be done online. It's going mm-hmm. to tax um, supply chains in ways they haven't dealt with yet. I think when you look at what's happened over the last, you know, eight, 10 months, yes, there's been a spike. Yes, it's been a big deal. Uh, it's been Black Friday every day. Yes. Uh, now when we get to the actual Black Friday, it's going to be Black Friday amped up like it's never, never been amped up before because, the, you know, you can't run to a physical store and race down the aisles to, to get your product. So your supply chains have to understand, what do I have for inventory? Where is it? Mm-hmm. Can I commit it? How do I get that to my customer? And to make matters worse, you know, supply chains, you know, the, the, the fragility of our supply chains is really exemplified by the fact that it's more difficult now to move product over borders. Uh, it's more difficult now to, to move product around because there's physical human beings that are handling that product and you have social distancing in the warehouses and social distancing in the vehicles and social distancing in the last mile. So it's changing our ability to pre- accurately predict when I can fulfill that, that promise. And um, it, it's put a lot of pressure on logistics companies, retailers, distributors, you know, all to do a better job of being able to predict when something is going to get there. And I think right now companies are now erring on the side of caution and overestimating delivery dates uh, more often than not, or other situations are not predicting for where the wrinkles in the supply chain could be or are missing delivery dates. So either one, they're not fulfilling on the promise. If you expect to get something on Wednesday and it shows up Monday, you might think you're happy, but if you're not available to process that good on Monday, it's no good to you. So it's really about having that accuracy and understanding through your supply chain, what are all the end-to-end processes? How do I achieve scale by leveraging the, the last mile delivery providers? And, and one thing I've seen very, very interesting the last number of months is companies are relying actually less on you know USPS and FedEx and, and whatnot. And I'm seeing a lot of the small carriers, the, you know, the regional people, um, you, even Uber at some point is now getting into last mile delivery and moving sure. parcels around. And, and it's been incredible to watch this dynamic shift in supply chains. And I think these, these little people, the little companies are actually filling a lot of the white space and void yep. in supply chains to help build resiliency. Great point. Uh, I'm going to say to uh, Blaine, uh, sorry, Brandon, I want to get you in. Then I have a comment that we should have retitled this show. And I'll tell you why in a second. Brandon, I don't want to interrupt the flow. Go ahead. I think you know where I'm going. Brandon Lee, talk to us. Right. No, and I think, you know, both Manish and Blaine hit on some important points there. I think even before COVID-19 hit, we were seeing all sorts of shifts within the geopolitical uh, landscape that were putting pressure on supply chains. I think when, when the COVID lockdowns hit, I think that just exacerbated it completely. You know, the, the, everything that we'd known to be a, a fact stopped working. You know, you, like you said, Blaine, you couldn't get uh, product across borders. It, you know, they, you couldn't get that last mile delivery piece uh, to scale sufficiently because that's you know that's the only way you could get product into customers' hands. And 
you know, I think that where customers, where companies have continued to to um, do well and continue to keep or grow their customer base is where they've been able to give transparency into that to to their uh, to their customers. I think we've all realized that that uh, companies were under a lot of pressure and where I know personally if I was able to see that there was an issue and so given that transparency that wait you know your shipment is not going to be arriving next week as planned it's going to be another week another two weeks out um, I, I was more likely to be understanding forgiving about that I appreciated that 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 insight but if you told me it was going to be there tomorrow and it didn't show up for two weeks and I had no clue uh, that's where that relationship breaks down. That's where that a customer experience um, starts to break down that we talked about. And Bonnie, I think you, ahead of when we were talking offline ahead of the show here, you gave an example of that just happening to you recently. You, know, you were yes. promised a delivery last night and waited up till 10 p.m. waiting for it, only to be notified uh, this morning that it hadn't even shipped yet. I mean, you know, that that's happening. B2B, B2C, uh, you know, that's happening. And if, if, if people can give that transparency, um, you, you can help mitigate some of that, um, that disruption. Thank you. Yes, it was a, a actually lighting a new desk light for, for helping me with the shadows on Zoom. And it still says expected delivery yesterday, November 15th, because we're recording the show today on the 16th. And then if you click on tracking information, it says product has not shipped yet. We're sorry for the inconvenience. So they still claim it was supposed to be here by, t- and it was a dark and breezy night. And I kept hearing noises from the trees hitting the house. And I kept thinking it was a package and I wanted to bring it in and it never arrived. And now I know, but I was going to say, and thank you, gentlemen, Minish, that was a, a great topic. I was going to say Brad, to Brad Borkin, who is the sponsor of the series, Brad, we could have named this alert to all B2B and B2C product producers, manufacturers, delivery companies. You've got less than six weeks to get your blank, blank IT together, get your supply chain in shape, get your agile commerce because it's here. It's all e-commerce. People are buying from all over the world. How accurate are you going to be in your delivery times? How prompt are you going to be in your actual deliveries? How are you going to be able to fulfill this boom in commerce that you're welcoming, that you're waiting for, that you need to survive? And can you deal with it? Can you handle it? We could, Brad, we could have done this show two weeks ago and given them eight weeks notice on what they need for the coming season. And by the way, I was contemplating buying a major piece of exercise equipment for my home, my family family has talked me out of it because they said, I don't need another uh, plant holder or a clothes hanger. You, you know what I'm talking about. But the manufacturer, and it's a major brand that starts with a letter in the second half of the alphabet. I believe they posted, we are not doing a Black Friday this year because we want to make sure we can deliver on everything. There was a message when I went to their website, we are not doing Black Friday. We want to be able to paste things and get things out there. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Blaine Trainer, you're up next. We have time for another statement. And Blaine, I'm looking at statement number four you sent me before the show. This is interesting. We're touching on another aspect of this topic of agile commerce. Blaine says, as buyers have less physical access to products, they rely more heavily on product reviews and social media to make a buying decision. Brands need to create or promote advocates to help amplify the awareness of their products. Blaine, there's a lot here. I'm not going to say it. I want you to say it. So give us what your thoughts are, and then we'll go around, and it will be Brandon next, and then we'll follow up with Munish. Go ahead, Blaine. I'm going to use your example, actually. So in, in my case, my gym closed, and I couldn't go anymore, and I had a you know workout routine I wanted to maintain and not gain the COVID-19. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I, I needed to begin... <laughs> making assessments on what equipment I needed. And, you know, home, home gym equipment is not the exact same as what you find in a commercial gym. They're made yep. differently and there are many different brands to choose from. And you can't just go to the fitness store and check these things out and try out a treadmill or, you know, pick up this set of variable weights. And so now you're relying heavily on social media reviews. Uh, what, what I find really interesting is YouTube has really emerged as a platform for product showcasing, whether it's the brand themselves going on YouTube to showcase their products or handing product off to influencers and having, you know, professional reviewers look at various categories of equipment and talk about how they work. And, uh, you know, I, I myself have made a tremendous amount of buying decisions based on, you know, Amazon reviews, YouTube videos. Uh, I'll post a, a, a statement on Facebook saying, hey, I'm looking at, you know, these things and, 
I bought a car recently, same thing. I didn't test drive any car, but I did look at 20 different vehicles and I did all of my research online and relied heavily on online reviews and expert expert testimonials and and updates from, from the, the, the brands themselves. So and retail's been going down this path anyway. And the, yes. the shopping mall has been turning into more of a, a showroom than it has a, a shopping destination anyway. And I think that now that we can't go to those showrooms, we now have to look at how we look at um, the virtual showrooms that we can get access to online and, and leveraging our social network. And, and organizations have to make the investments in content, make the investments in expertise, and make the investments in, in their products, make them showable and helping uh, customers know what the competitive differentiators are and why they should choose that product and be loyal to that brand. Thank you, Blaine. And the first place I go on social, and it's not social, I go to the Amazon reviews. And the first place I do is go to the ones and the twos. Yes. Not the people who loved it. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, a, I just, I'm a fiend for that. I just go to the ones and the twos and maybe the threes to see what was wrong. And that's where you really find out. That's where you really see what the nuances are of the customer. So they talk about customer service. I waited online for three hours. It's under warranty. They sent me a part. It took me three hours. I had to get three neighbors with masks to come in and we took it apart. It's still not working. This is what you want to know. So the Amazon reviews, I think, Blaine, have become our new social media. It's not just what do the influencers down the block or, or in Hollywood say about this product. It's real people who bought it. Are they struggling are they happy? Are they smiling? Are they mad they bought it? What did they say? Oh, great, great aspect there. Let's go around the table. Brandon Lee, the aspect of e-commerce, agility, pivoting, figuring out what the customer needs and wants. How do you get it to them? And where does social come in from your point of view? Brandon, agree or disagree with Blaine? Yeah. You know, Bonnie, I think your example of going to the, the, the customer reviews is, is, is very interesting. But don't you find also that those become very confusing? You know, you've got uh, I, the more and more I, when I look at some of those things and, I, you know, you see it across a number of different platforms, you've got 10 five-star reviews and 10 one-star reviews. And like, yes. What is it? Is this, is this product great? Is it not great? You know, so, you know, we, we also tend to go back to some of our traditional um, channels as well, word of mouth. You know, do I know someone who's used this product before that can tell me, you know, that, that I trust that, that that can tell me whether it's good or, or good or bad? What research can I go and do? I mean, I saw a statistic as well that said that 70% of buyers, you know, are already all the way through their buying decision um, and have, have done all that research before they actually engage and go on onto either a commerce side or call up a sales rep um, and, and initiate the transaction. That's that's huge. You know, if we if we don't empower people to get that information out there, whether it's through uh, product reviews, whether it's through detailed specs about what your product is, or you know what I've seen also a lot of people doing recently, certainly in the B two C space, is saying, here, have a thirty day trial of the product, try it out. If you don't like it, ship the mattress back or ship the air purifier back, whatever it is that you've bought. Um, you know, so the, the people are are exper- experimenting in that um, in that area to see if they can advance things a little bit further down that down that path and actually get you some hands-on experience with the product. Thank you. And you're absolutely right about the negative reviews. What do you believe? Whom do you believe? But if you get enough that say, don't waste your money, poor product, mm-hmm. broke two weeks later, my wife is, uh, somebody said, my wife is 110 pounds. She used it for 14 days. It broke. The flywheel broke. The gears fell off. We can't get it repaired. I think at that point, I'm I'm not confused at all, but your point is very well taken. <laughs> Manish Gupta, what do you think about social media reviews as part of the customer experience, the truth about what we're really buying and what they're really selling us? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with both Blaine and Brandon. I think we are in experienced economy right now, Bonnie. That means the economy is pretty much driven by how you experience the, the these things. So one of the things which is which we are seeing more and more is social technology, social channels are getting integrated to the e-commerce, right? Mm-hmm. So that means if I look at some of the organization in, in the marketplace, they're changing their selling model as a part of that. And they're prioritizing digital channels such as live chats, the video chats, the social and mobile apps. And I think this is really gonna to continue to accelerate to engage customers because these consumer like selling and the engagement models are expected to continue post pandemic. 
And, and I think just going back to Blaine's point, uh, you know, how you're doing the product review, how you're basically driving the brand loyalty and whatnot is going to be very critical. And then we see it all the time. And we are seeing with some of our organizations, they're experimenting with these technologies, uh, even beyond what we have seen typically at the product reviews and whatnot. So absolutely, this is another trend we will continue to see, which is getting accelerated as a part of this journey for most of these organizations. Thank you very much. Very interesting conversation. Uh, Blaine, this was yours. Anything you want to add before we move to our predictions? No, I think the, the, the everyone said what had to be said. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really important. And I think uh, all organizations, B2B and B2C alike, need to be paying attention to how their products are represented. Very, very good. And, and you know, it, it has boiled down to, for me, for advocates of brands, for representation, it's the cashier in the retail store pre-COVID. It's how they greet you. It's how they ring up your order. It's whether they smile. It's whether they, they see if they made a mistake and they admit it and they fix it for you. It's customer service. And I don't think, in to me, in very few major retailers has that message trickled down, Blaine, to the frontline workers, the person who might be paid the least, have the least seniority, have the least investment in the company. They don't get that they represent that brand and now even more. So thank you all. I just wish we had two hours for this conversation because I think we've just literally scratched the surface of a massive, massive topic. And the timing, as I said, we're recording this on November 16th and Christmas is what? Six weeks away. And Hanukkah, Hanukkah is November 28th this year. Somebody just remind me it's, it's 12 days away. I haven't even sent presents to my family yet. E-commerce, I'm coming for you today. Anyway, thank you. How dare it be that early? So let's go to our predictions round. I'm going to keep us all on gallery view. Brandon Lee, you are up first. Why don't you give me a 60-second prediction? Control yourself. I know you have a much longer prediction. 60 seconds are the equivalent of one sentence with two commas and one semicolon. There you go. What do you predict about the future of our topic, which is agile commerce? And you can go way past the holidays of this year, out to 2025 if you want. Brandon Lee, 60 seconds, go. Veet, veet. Yeah, I think that companies overall just need to do a better uh, job of building connection. Um, Bonnie, you talked about it, you know, that those frontline workers there uh, didn't know they're representing the brand. Um, so, you know, companies, whether you're B2B or B2C, need to really focus on that. This is not just a tools problem. Uh, this is not just a people problem. It's getting the right tools in the right people's pro- uh, hands and, and making sure that they've got all the information they know to really make a sticky um, interaction with you, regardless of channel. You know, so if I'm online, I, I expect that company to know what I did online. If I'm in the store, I expect them to know yep. what I was looking at yes. and bring that out and, 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 and uh, bring that forward to me. Yes, very good point. Don't you love it when they ask you to enter your phone number and all kinds of customer information on a phone line, and then the rep gets on the phone and says, can I please have your email address? Can I please have your... But wait a minute, I just entered it. I don't have a clue. Munish Gupta, 60 seconds. See what you can do. Go ahead. Bonnie, you're ready for my predictions as I'm... I am. So the first one, I think we are going to start seeing what I call the pretzel-like shopping experiences. That means... Our journeys are going to be mirroring very close to our physical store uh, visits today. That means we are going to have twists and turns and revisit from our online customers. That means you got to you got to have the technology offerings, experiences to engage customers so that they can go back and buy from you. The second one, which is a big one in five years, today we are, what, $4 trillion in e-commerce. I, I think this is going to be almost 25 to 25 trillion or above. In, in e-commerce. So that means it's coming. It's coming. It's coming fast. Okay. It's coming. It's at us. It's here, right? Right? Yes. Prediction is any second now. I have a show called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, Munish. And I always say the future of now is that was it. it just, it's now passed. Yes. It's gone. At the end of my sentence, the what cup, that space, that was the future and it's gone. But the future of now hasn't happened yet. Blaine Trainer, what's your prediction? So, you know, in, in the experience economy, the customer really is the center of the universe, and they've never been more empowered than they are today. And they're continuing to drive uh, change through all levels of organizations based on getting companies to fulfill their needs and meet their expectations. So m- my prediction is that 
What we're going through now is just a catalyst. It's reestablishing the new baseline. It's accelerated many organizations by five to 10 years faster than they thought they were going to get to this point. But now that customers have gotten a taste of it and organizations are starting to get the hang of delivering an end-to-end seamless customer experience, I think this thing is going to be sped up even further. And if you look out one, three, five years from now, the availability of, of services for a customer will be things we can't even imagine today because businesses will get on this train, they'll begin to accelerate their investments. And as, as they do that, it's almost like an arms race. As the companies give mm-hmm. customers more capabilities, customers are going to demand more from companies. And now they'll be competing with each other for that brand loyalty. And the customer yes. knows how much power and control they have over that whole process. So yes. I just I just see ongoing acceleration for for quite some time. Thank you. And think of the phrase, but I trusted you, right? I bought from you. You delivered. I liked what you did. I bought something else from you. I trusted you. If they do it right, they're on the line to do it right or better again. If you're giving them a chance, they have to prove themselves. So it's a relationship. That's what we say in business. It's a relationship. Thank you to the three of you. This has been a wonderful conversation. As I said before, I wish we had a couple of hours because there's so much more I would have loved to pulled from your experience and your minds. And thank you for your insights. You've all been very generous and gracious sharing your time with us. And I have to do some shout outs here. I want to say thank you, of course, to Brad Borkin and Susan Walker at SAP for sponsoring this wonderful series. Brad, what a brilliant idea to call the show Think Tank because that's what we're really doing. And also thank you for support for today's show from Lisa Chalmers. Lisa, we haven't talked in years. I'm so happy to reacquaint with you and Jamee Beebe at PwC. Thank you so much, Jamee. Always wonderful to have you on board helping us put these shows together. And I want to say thank you to my three wonderful panelists, Brandon Lee. What a pleasure. Munish Gupta. What a pleasure. Blaine Trainer and his Lego Star Wars collection. What a thrill. I'm going to say that. I really am. So thank you all, everybody. Wishing you a happy everything holiday. We hope all of your e-commerce dreams, whether you're a manufacturer, whether you're a supply chain company, whether you are a recipient of something wonderful, I hope it arrives safely in one piece or as many pieces, but not more than it was supposed to. And I hope that it arrives on time and makes you very, very happy. So stay smart, stay safe, stay savvy. And I'm going to say it, stay sane. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Think Tank, Conversations in the Digital World. Everybody wave bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into Think Tank, Conversations in a Digital World. Presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. Keep the conversation going by tweeting your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAP Radio. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel next time.